Hey guys, and welcome to Judge Drew Show, where we talk a lot about sports, pop culture, tech, you name it, we talk about it. But guys, today on the Judge Drew Show, the first edition of the video edition of the Judge Drew Show, but there's a couple other podcasts that are already uploaded. But today, we got to talk about the NBA free agency frenzy. It is bananas what's going on in the last 24 to 48 hours, guys. It has been insane. So, guys, this is Just Your Show coming right at you guys, coming up next. Let's get it. Okay, guys, and we're going to talk a little bit about NBA free agency frenzy. That is right. The free agent frenzy has heated up for the last 24 to 48 hours, as I stated earlier. But, guys... Damian Lillard signed a six-year, $258 million contract back with the Blazers to get his extension going. They said he was going to pay the man, and they paid him. And also, guys, Chris Middleton from the Bucks and Brooke Lopez are joining the Bucks, so he's going to join his brother uh, Robin Lopez and, and those guys with the Bucks. So they're going to be an te- incredible team. This, I think this is the first time in a long time I think these guys have gotten a chance to play with each other, which is going to be crazy to watch. Also, I'm happy for my boy Kimball Walker, who played at UConn, and uh, he's a Celtic now. He played his uh, couple seasons, his whole career in Charlotte, but he basically has done his work in Charlotte. He's a perennial all-star, but he's done his part. And I think the Celtics have gotten a sleeper, but I'm going to unpack that a little bit later, the Celtics roster and their team. But the main thing is, though, you have the guys like the Grizzlies, who just recently picked up Andrew Godala from the Warriors. Yes, I know Warriors fans are probably upset that our sixth man is gone or – that saying that, oh no, why, why did he let go Iggy? Iguodala is going to be fine, but there is something serious that's going to happen with this Iguodala situation. I think Iguodala is going to get bought out by Memphis and then sent to the Lakers, which is going to create a um, super team for the Lakers, if you will. And guys, the biggest thing, too, I also find out here in free agency, it's a long list here of guys that have gotten picked up. I'm going to go through a few of them, but you have like Jimmy Butler, who got picked up by the Heat, and they're trading Hassan Whiteside, the starting forward for the Miami Heat and the star player, sending him to the Portland Trailblazers with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And guys, also the Kings, they re-signed all their players that were expected to get re-signed there. Uh, look that one up when you guys get a chance. But the biggest one, the biggest one that we have to discuss is Kevin Durant is headed to Brooklyn. That's right. He's headed to where Biggie, Jay-Z, Spike Lee, you name it. That's where Katie's headed, but also he's headed with his homeboy, Kyrie Irving. They were Olympic teammates. Kyrie Irving's originally from New York, but the Nets really got a steal in free agency. And here's why. The Nets are the type of team that they've been building for the last five or six years or so, and they really put together. But those guys in their front office have turned around in three years solid time. Now, to me, that's incredible. If you're able to turn around your team in three years, you're doing some serious work. You're really getting busy in the office. You're rolling and and letting things flow with uh, what's going on in your organization. Now, the big thing with that is the Nets, they're also going to acquire DeAndre Jordan. Now, I hear a lot of analysts out there, they're out here saying DeAndre Jordan is going to give you his 20 minutes and call it a game. But his physical presence alone down low is going to bring enough intimidation to Brooklyn. Now, KD doesn't get activated until another season. So he'll sit out this whole entire next season, the 2019-2020 season, but he'll be back for the 2021-2022 uh, season. Now, what's crazy is, is that Kevin Durant is doing things that 
not a lot of people are able to do in this game of basketball. Now, he is a, a messed up Achilles and stuff, so he's he's not able to walk right now. He's going through rehab. He just had surgery on his on his legs, so he should be fine. KD recovered. Kobe Bryant had the same injury. Uh, he recovered fine from it, so KD will too. However, Brooklyn will still be a problem now. People keep saying Brooklyn's not going to be ready to go. Brooklyn will be ready. Kyrie Irving is going to be ready. He's going to get flowing with the offense and going to get uh, used to how things are working in Brooklyn and how they operate as an organization and as a team. So it's only a matter of time, guys, that Kyrie Irving is the type of player that he's going to become. And I think Kyrie Irving is going to help out with the guys that come off the bench for Brooklyn, uh, guys, Spencer Dinwiddie. You get on the list of what Kyrie can add addition to the Brooklyn Nets. And all the times it's all about chemistry. So sometimes it's not always about what one player isn't doing or what another player is doing. It's just all about chemistry. And that's all you really can count on when it comes to this in the NBA. Also, guys, you had to add on to the fact that Al Hoffer has left the Celtics and he didn't take his player option. But the 76ers fans are finally getting some relief. Now they lost Jimmy Butler. They lost J.J. Reddick to the New Orleans Pelicans. But they're getting Al Hoffert, who will be a good starting big man for them down low. So now Philadelphia is loaded with uh, bigs, and they're able to be able to uh, uh, stop the defense like they always wanted to. But they're going to have to work a little bit with some guards here and there. They still got Tobias Harris, and they still got um, uh, TJ McCollum and stuff. So they so they they have those guys still on their roster to be able to help them get over the hump. Now, Philly may be a problem in the playoffs. Everybody says Philly may not have seen better days or – their team is just what it used to be. But Philly is, is a good organization, so they're going to do their spot. But also I'd say the fact that the 76ers, that they're probably going to work out a deal with a trade thing pretty soon if they can work one out with the Warriors possibly because the Warriors are still kind of patching things up a little bit when it comes to free agency. Now, in terms of let's get back to Boston for a second. The Celtics now. They picked up Kimball Walker. So to add on to Kimball Walker, he added starting five. And then Boston's potential starting five lineup would be Kimball Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, and Ian Cantor. Those are dominant players, guys. Those are very – the Celtics are about to be a little bit of a problem when it comes to the East. So you might have to go through them and it be a good series, but watch between them and Philly, possibly next season. So you never know. But the Celtics, they're, they're going to do amazing things. Kimball Walker is going to bring his, uh, his, his fire and his – and his uh, his grit for the game, and just his uh, um, his uh, know how and his scoring ability, because he's a score first point guard, if anything, and that takes the pressure off of Tatum having to score as much as he has had to do in the past. So he's able to just do his job and keep it rolling. Same thing with Gordon Hayward; he shouldn't have to take a lot of threes and stuff. But I think Enos Cantor is a rebounding machine, so that'll help. If any of those guys missed, he'll put them back in there. Now, leading to that is Derrick Rose. The one-time MVP back in 08-09, D-Rose. Derrick Rose is signed with the Pistons. Now, I know a lot of people wanted him to go back home to Chicago and bring back some life to the city with Zach Levine and a few other players, but Derrick Rose is headed to the Pistons. I don't know how Derrick Rose feels about that when it comes to being with the Pistons organization, but I'm sure Joe Dumars and the guys in the front office over there are going to do what they can to make sure they accommodate Derrick Rose and make sure the Pistons get over the hump next season again to make the playoff push because I think they were just on the cusp of making the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. But I think they were a few games behind. I think they were a few games short, kind of like what Charlotte was too. So they were a few games behind and they didn't quite make the cut into the playoffs. Also, D'Angelo Russell. That man is a beast. 
that man, it's just nickname him the Iceman. That, that should be his new nickname. I mean, he's got ice in his veins. Anytime he shoots the ball, it's just like, how do you do that type of thing? DeAndre Russell has improved over the last couple of years. People didn't think he would be a good draft pick or a good player, but he's proved doubters wrong. That he's able to perform at a high level, and that he's going to get even better at high level. So he's got picked up by the Warriors, and that's going to pass the situation with the Warriors where they gave Clay Thompson his max contract. Clay Thompson said years ago he wants to be a Warrior for life. He's not entertaining going to another team. So shout out to Clay. I think he's trying to copy his father, uh, Michael Thompson, who played for the Los Angeles Lakers his whole entire career. So Clay Thompson will be probably possibly a warrior for life. Not mad at Clay for that at all, but he will be out until probably about late March of uh, next season. Now, D'Angelo Russell adding that on to that factor, he's helping Steph out with the scoring ability. So the Warriors aren't done quite yet. I believe Draymond's returning. As well, they re-signed Sean Livingston, I think, to a minimum, as well as Kevin Looney and um, a few of their bigs. Now, they did lose um, Jordan Bell to the Timberwolves, but that's okay. I think the Warriors are going to patch that up a little bit and probably work out something with the 76ers, but that should be coming soon. Now, also, I want to mention about the Lakers. Now, the Lakers potentially, what's going on, what I've been hearing lately from a lot of sources, is the fact that Chris Broussard from Fox Sports said recently on Twitter that uh, Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers, Rumblers are getting stronger and stronger. Uh, Iguodala is likely to join the Lakers after a Memphis buyout. And Danny Green and Seth Curry in the Lakers scope. Lakers offered uh, Rondo a vet minimum and uh, 24 hours to decide on his decision. So the Lakers technically are building a powerhouse. That's basically what all Chris Broussard is stating in his, uh, his reports. So therefore, a lot of times when you have guys like a Chris Broussard um, making these claims and stuff, normally is about to happen. So therefore, the Lakers are going to have Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, possibly Kawhi Leonard, Rondo, and uh, uh, Seth Curry, I believe, as well, as I mentioned in the tweet, and Danny Green from the Toronto Raptors, who just won the NBA uh, Finals Championship. So they're adding a superpower team. The Lakers aren't playing any games this offseason. The Lakers are trying to get back to glory and winning more and more championships so they can outdo the Boston Celtics. But, however... It'll be amazing to watch how all that happened because a lot of people are saying that the credit should go to Jeannie Buss and her front office and the GM. But honestly, I wouldn't blame Magic Johnson and LeBron James for even getting these guys ears and telling them, hey, you come play with me. We can do amazing things together. We can be the Showtime Lakers of this generation. So saying that, guys, I have a potential thing that I'd like to transition to a little bit here. And that brings us to my next point. And I think this upcoming season, who can make the most noise? And here's my list. Portland, Brooklyn, the Celtics, 76ers, the Lakers, Atlanta, Dallas, New Orleans, the Warriors, and possibly, possibly, possibly. The OKC Thunder. Sorry for a long pause. But. The Oklahoma City Thunder might have a chance if Paul George steps up his game a little bit this season, and so does Russell Westbrook. And he lost out in the MVP race to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, as well as James Harden. And I think he lost out in the defensive player year to Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. Now, saying that is the reason why I'm going to unpack some of these teams here. Let me start off with Brooklyn first. Brooklyn's going to be a problem because of Kyrie Irving, point blank simple. There's no other way around that. Brooklyn's going to have a team. They already have their team set up this year. They made the playoffs this year. They're going back to the playoffs. So that's not going to be a surprise. Everybody says Brooklyn is not even close in their top five. I don't think you should put them that low. The Celtics, 
I think they're going to make some noise. You can't deny the, the greatness of Jalen Brown. You can't deny the greatness of Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward and his scoring ability, and Enos Kanter and his aggressiveness. Plus, you're adding Kimball Walker to your to your slot here, and you have good Vince players and, and a few other guys. I believe Terry Rozier, he might be on the trading block, but he might stay there, according to a lot of sources and stuff. But, however, the Celtics are going to be a problem in the playoffs. 76ers as well. I mentioned earlier why the 76ers are a problem. Joel Embiid, uh, Al Hoffer, Tobias Harris, uh, TJ McCollum. All these guys on their on their roster are going to be playing. And you have Ben Simmons as well. Ben Simmons is a scoring machine. But I feel like if Ben Simmons' is game, he's going to have to have to figure out a way to uh, to work Al Hofford into the offense. But if he doesn't, though, which I'm not saying that he, he won't, but I think they have a plan for him. The, uh, the head coach of the 76ers probably has a plan for Al Hofford to be the garbage man. And for those that don't know, what is basketball enough? Simply a garbage man is the person who does all the intangibles. You get rebounds, you dive on the floor, block shots, you take charges, you do all the dirty work. That's the job of garbage man. So Al Hoffman is probably going to be the garbage man for the 76ers that they always needed and that they always wanted. Because Joel Embiid is not, in my opinion, technically a garbage player or garbage man. He is more of a finesse player. He plays a little bit more um, away from the rim and is back to the basket and he makes a few uh, turnaround jumpers and, you know, pull a few threes here and there. So I think Al Halford would be a perfect person to bang the boards for them and be willing to uh, get more rebounds and do more damage for them on offense and, and defense. Also, next, the Lakers. Anthony Davis is not only just a rebounding machine, he is a shot-blocking machine. Anthony Davis is the type of player that you kind of want down low on your team and you kind of want him working down low and doing things that a lot of uh, big guys can do. Now, Anthony Davis can step back and take a few shots if you need him to. He can take threes. He can do just about anything we ask him to do. So he's a good two-way player in the NBA, by far the greatest two-way player in the NBA right now as we speak. Now, guys, the Lakers, they're adding they have Rondo in the roster. They have Kuzma coming back. Of course, LeBron's coming back, so you already know that's going to be dominant right there, and he's recovering back from his hamstring injuries and stuff. So that's doing – that's dominant. And he's shooting Space Jam 2, which I have for another show for you guys. That's probably going to give LeBron a little bit more momentum and play a little bit harder and do his, what he needs to do. But the Lakers are going to rack up, and they'll definitely rack up if they can land Kawhi Leonard, the board man that gets paid, that gets championships, and the man that gets buckets. So the Lakers are going to be a problem. Now, guys, that leads me to my next point. I am returning to Atlanta. That's right. I am returning as a Hawks fan. That's right. I'm happy that they got my boy DeAndre Hunter from Virginia, and they got my boy Cam Radish. So I'm sticking with the Hawks. Now, the Hawks are my team. Um, I love Trey Young. I love watching John Collins, especially. He's a rebounding machine. Comes from West Palm Beach, Florida, where I know they breed people who are rebounding skills. And the thing is, the Hawks are going to be a problem in the playoffs. They're going to be a fourth seed, which says the fact that the Hawks are going to put make a push to the semis. Now, the Hawks make it to the conference finals. They've exceeded everybody's expectations, possibly. And I believe in them. I believe that the Hawks can make the Eastern Conference Finals. And if not this year, they're good enough. They're a young team. But they get a few more bench players here and there and a couple of trades before the trade deadline comes up. That'll be incredible for them to be able to do. They'll add a few all-stars here and there. And if I were the Hawks, I would jump in and get maybe a guy I can get for a two-year deal or a one-year deal or even go out to DeMarcus Cousins if he's available just to add on to 
what he's doing for the team. You can offer him a league minimum once again, the one-year deal with, you know, whatever you want to, whatever the Hawks have in cap space and stuff. But the Hawks are going to be a problem in the, in the East as well. Now it leads me to Dallas. Dallas is also a good team and stuff. That's going to be uh, great and stuff in the playoffs. Christoph Porzingis, like I said before, and and um, um, uh, Luka Doncic. Those guys are great players. It's like Steve Nash and Dirk Nowinski. Uh, Dallas probably will edge out in the West, probably about the last seed or the the first to last seed, if you will. And I also say that New Orleans Pelicans are going to be a problem as well. They have Zion Williamson and they add those guys that just got traded over from the Lakers. So Pelicans loaded up. Alvin Gentry is a good coach for the Pelicans. So he knows what he's doing. And he's ready to go and ready to get rocking. He's fired up and he's fired up and ready to go. And the biggest thing is, too, is the fact that um, the New Orleans Pelicans is a type of team that they're going to be able to kind of outdo a lot of other teams and stuff when it comes to the offensive efficiency rating. Now, those that are on offensive efficiency is meaning that they're going to be scoring a lot of points, basically. They're just going to be scoring so many points that it'll be ridiculous on offense. Now, on the defensive end, they may have to pick up a little bit on the defensive end. They're probably going to have to test it out in summer league and see what they have on the defensive end. Zion, they say he can play two ways, but we'll see how he adjusts to the NBA game from the NCAA. Now, also, to uh, bring that point into it, too, I also forgot about the Denver Nuggets. I can't believe I forgot about them. Denver put on a great show this year with Jokic. Um, and also, they uh, had uh, Rudy Gobert, who was Defensive Player of the Year, who was an incredible defender, a French, French-born player who's incredible, incredible. I love watching Rudy Gobert play defense. He just locks players down. Like they're not going anywhere. And the Denver Nuggets, they, they're, I think they're losing out on Isaiah Thomas because he just got signed recently to the uh, Washington uh, Washington Wizards with a one-year deal. So that'll work out fine. Uh, however, the uh, Nuggets figure out what they need to do. But I think Portland also in the West is going to be a problem. Portland will probably be right back in the conversation with number two or number three in the West. And the Portland Trailblazers are not playing any games. They got Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum returning, and they got Hassan Whiteside. Now they lose – Steph Curry's brother, Seth, possibly to the Lakers. So, and that's going to happen. The Lakers are saying they're in talks with Steph Curry, and I think Steph Curry made a uh, a post on Instagram about him thanking the organization and the team for the opportunity to be a Blazer. So, therefore, Steph Curry is on his way out and, and on his way to L.A. That's what all the sources are saying. Correct me if I'm wrong later in the podcast. But the Denver Nuggets are going to be a dominant force, as well as the Portland Trail Blazers. Now, guys, let me stop right here and take a quick break. Hey, guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, share it with your friends. Listen to it in the car, where you're going. Follow the Just Drew Show um, on Instagram at Just Drew Show. That's it, <laughs> Just Drew Show. Also, guys, don't forget to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Follow it, guys. Uh, put it to your playlist, all that good stuff. So, guys, listen to the show wherever you can. Uh, tell everybody about it and everything like that. Uh, it will be uploaded on um, Instagram and all that good stuff, guys. So, guys, let's jump right back into the show. Okay, guys, and on a lighter note, uh, I wanted to discuss a little bit about what I found funny on Instagram and social media, and I read a couple articles on. Now, guys, everybody knows that Jay-Z has a part ownership of the Brooklyn Nets. He kind of revamped the Brooklyn Nets, kind of gave their arena a new look and the jersey look. Also, Jay-Z had a huge part in that. Now, 
Jay-Z's making a lot of business moves. He just got named the uh, first billionaire hip-hop artist to ever do it. So that's great. But Jay-Z made a joke saying the fact that people are asking him kind of questions like, Jay-Z, are you going to sit in your same seats that you always sit in in the uh, front row uh, in Brooklyn and stuff? And he said, of course, like they're my seats. Like, what else did you expect? Like, I'm not going to move those seats. Like those seats, I'm going to be sitting courtside uh, with Queen B and all this other stuff, being able to uh, watch the games and watch Kyrie and watching uh, um, um, Spencer Dinwiddie and all the guys on the bench and the Brooklyn Nets put in work this year. So Jay-Z is not giving up his seats, people. This man is serious about his seats. He made a serious investment in the team. So I don't think he's letting those seats go anytime soon. So I don't know if any billionaires and millionaires trying to get a seat or something, but I don't think Jay-Z is about to give up them seats. Now, another thing I got to get on to, guys, is about Spike Lee and the Knicks. Now, when I found out about Spike Lee and the Knicks, this was hilarious. Now, Spike Lee, guys, if you don't know, he's one of my favorite directors. Spike Lee did Do the Right Thing. He got game. Uh, he did Mo' Better Blues. He did Malcolm X. Uh, uh, all type of movies Spike Lee's done. He's had a story career in terms of filmmaking. He just recently won an Oscar for his uh, film Black Klansman uh, for Best Screenplay. So shout out to Spike Lee. But I got to get on his Knicks a little bit here for a second. Spike Lee's Knicks have literally disappointed Knicks fans everywhere. My friends that are from New York and from the Manhattan area and, you know, all that good stuff. I'm sorry for you guys, but the Knicks are just not having it right now. I don't know what's going on there with their, their owner, James Dolan, or whatever the situation may be. A lot of players around the league are talking about how not many people really want to play for Dolan. And there's people who are saying Dolan's a great owner and he's doing his job well. There's so many mixed emotions when it comes to the New York Knicks fans. You know, they just got R.J. Barrett in the draft. So it was all joy and happy, happy joy and all that good stuff uh, when they were a few weeks ago at the end of the month. But I guess instead they make the right moves. Now, this is a point that I think got the Knicks in a little bit of trouble. The Knicks said they're going to get Zion Williamson before the NBA lottery, which happened way, way, way a couple months ago. They said they're going to get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all on one team. None of that has happened, obviously. So, therefore, they have their same players that they had last season from Kevin Knox and uh, I think Moutier and all these other guys. And adding on to R.J. Barrett's uh, team. Now, R.J. Barrett, I think he's kind of fighting a little bit of an injury there, but I think he's kind of gotten some reps in and he's ready to go, but no one's really too sure around the league. I'm probably pretty sure they're keeping those kind of that information, that data kind of close to the team, which as they should. They, I think they should kind of protect him as best they can. But however, the biggest thing with that is the Knicks just can't catch a break, man. I mean, they can't catch a break for nothing. And Spike Lee, he was celebrating his 30th anniversary for his film Do the Right Thing. Um, this is an incredible film. It's recognized by AFI, the Oscars, all that good stuff. Do the right thing is an incredible film. It's one of those films that's a very stored film. But nonetheless, Spike Lee literally was celebrating his 30th anniversary of Do the Right Thing in Brooklyn, where he's from, and on the block where they shot Do the Right Thing, and they had a block party. And basically that same day, he tweeted out, the Knicks just basically can't catch a break. And that is just crazy to me, the fact that the Knicks had just had just, just not a good season. They're, they're going to break through eventually. It's almost like the Cubs. You know, they're like the lovable losers and stuff like that. But the Cubs are no longer the lovable losers. They won a World Series and broke the so-called uh, uh, curse, I guess you want to call it. But the Knicks, they haven't won a championship since 1974. So by a lot of my friends who probably listen to this podcast and people like that, probably weren't even born yet. Or probably were their parents probably toddlers at that point. So that's been a long time. And if people don't know, fun fact. 
Phil Jackson played on that team, and Phil Jackson is well into his 70s. So that's how long it's been since the Knicks have won a championship. And it's crazy to think that uh, Spike Lee's been with these guys for 30-plus years. He's gone and sat in the same seats that he has and just cheered the team on, point-blank period. And the rumors have it that Drake is still in thunder a little bit there by the Raptors winning the championship and Drake being loyal and stuff like that. But Spike Lee said, you got to remember who the original guy was that did this before me. So that is that. that's what I have for that, guys. And, guys, I'm probably going to break this podcast up into uh, part one, part two, possibly. Maybe, maybe not. But, guys, this is the last segment of the show. And, guys, I also say don't forget to follow me on social media at Just Drew Show. That's right, Just Drew Show. And I'll post it and all sorts of stuff and let you guys hear what you guys want to hear. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. Um, just uh, like, subscribe. If you see the video version on YouTube, all that good stuff. But, guys, the biggest thing is, too, is that um, the next episode of the podcast, I want to get in a little bit of a change of gears here. And the big question I've been asking lately is, who is the best director of this generation? It's going to be a film podcast about Spike Lee versus Tyler Perry. Who has had a greater legacy? Who has made more of an impact on the film world and pop culture? And who has provided more opportunities? And who is just a great filmmaker, point blank, period. So guys, this has been the Just Drew Show coming at you guys. Thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing, listening, and whatever you guys like to do with this show. This has been the Just Drew Show. We appreciate you. We love you. Be easy. Peace out.